Welcome to Help Stop the Genocide in American Ghettos podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Barbie. This evening, we have a special guest, Samas, Juanita, Banks, Peter, Peters from South Africa. Okay, you're on the air. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much, my brother, Brother Emmanuel um, I had to make 
that right now at this moment doesn't make sense to me because it wasn't a good choice that I made. And but at the time when I was making the choice, it was the right choice for me at the time. It made sense first of all to make the choice. It was the right opportunity to make the choice and the opportunity was there and free and available to make the choice. Um, a typical example of that is um, I've been a single mom most of my life. So this is before I got married to my wonderful husband. Um, the choice I, I, I made was I changed my, my bond account, my own loan bond, into a 30-year bond account. So when I look back in this year, and in, in, I'm 20 years in the property now, I would have been done paying up my bond. And I look back and I was like, oh my word, I could have been done without, but now I still have 10 years left to pay on the bond. It, at the time, a couple of years ago, when I made the choice to change the bond over to 30 years, it was the right choice that I made. Because it was more viable for me instead of losing my house because I, I was running short on payment. It was better for me to change the bond over to 50 years and get that done and sort myself out there. My kids had to have everything that they need. The education was, was paid for, the bond was paid for, and we lived happily ever after. At the time, it was the right choice I made for the moment. But it wasn't a viable choice that I made. What that says is the choice that I made nonetheless. And I'm living with the consequences of that choice that I made. So, sometimes um, we make choices on how we react to life happening. Like, trials and tribulations come is what they put in them. And we speak things in, in say things that most of the time we probably don't mean it, but we say out of anger because we, we need to have our way at that moment. So like, if you have a fight with somebody and say you will be bad luck for the rest of your year, of your life, you say it out of anger. You don't, you, you don't really mean it, but um, you say it at that moment because at that moment, the choice you made to say that, and it made sense for you to say that. Even though it was the wrong thing to do, you said that because you wanted to get back at the person you were fighting with. And I just want to highlight the, the one thing that stands out for me there is in Proverbs where we speak about death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat the fruit table. So whatever choices you make in anger is going to come back some way or the other in you, right? So if you choose today to say in anger that you maybe you scold your son or your daughter and you say, you don't want to listen to me. Something's going to happen to you until you listen to me. Something might just happen to your child. And it might have very bad consequences. And it can come back to you and bite you. Because then you have to sit up with the, the regret of saying that word. Because the power of the tongue that you have spoken into the atmosphere. So these are the type of choices that we make on a daily basis. Um, if we take it, uh, somebody who, who, who goes through hardship in life, right? Um, not everybody is strong enough to, to handle the, 
the, the trials and tribulations and issues that they face on a daily basis. Not everybody knows how to handle it. Not everybody knows how to get children. You might find that there's a single mom, she doesn't have a, a, a the children doesn't have a father, a money is a bit tight, you know, um, there's no jobs because uh, during the, uh, the COVID period, a lot of people have lost their jobs. So most people have not just lost their jobs, some have lost their houses. They have to move back to money and they'll be older and they like, you're older baby living with your mom. So some people lost their jobs, their houses, their cars, um, and some people lost hope. And without hope, what can we do? If we do not have hope, where do you go? Then you basically throw your life to the wolves for them to enjoy. So, in most cases, you find people have gone through so much, like um, the husband left or the wife left, the children are unruly, the, the, the situation in the house, there's no food, the house is ready to be repossessed, there's no car, the car was taken away, you lost family members very dear to you during this COVID period. So a lot has happened and, and it feels like the world is changing in and that you need this big hole, dark hole, where you're trying to reach out and nobody's there. And, and that's when people fall into different um, situations where you find somebody becomes addicted to drugs. Because that seems to be the only way. So they try it for one. Somebody introduces them and says, just try it. I know you're going through a bad patch. This will make you feel better. And then they try it and they're like, oh, wow. Blow my mind. And the, 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 the effect that the drug has on them, on their mind, it makes them free. It makes them feel good about themselves. So there they are, addicted to drugs. People look at them and people judge and people say like, you are addicted to drugs, how could you do that? But people do not understand that where they're coming from, where they've been, what they've been through. This was the only solution to them at that moment. It was the only thing that made sense to them to, to, to make them feel better, to make them feel accepted, to make them feel loved, to make them feel like they belong to someone. It's, it's also a choice that was made because also to do drugs is also a, a very expensive effort because you constantly need money because you constantly need to be on a high. And for that, you start feeling a choice that you're also making. You start uh, taking from your family. And the more you think that you're trying to... Um, how can I say, the more you're trying to uh, um, get trapped, the more you're destroying your life and you're destroying the people around you. And nobody wants to have interaction with you anymore because the only thing you do is everything that you touch turns into bad. And, and that's where people come to decisions where sometimes, sometimes they make decisions where they say, the only way out for me is to kill myself. Death is the only way for me. There's nothing else for me to be done. And sometimes we reach out to churches and the churches turn a blind eye and they turn their back against people because, oh, look at you, you're What am I going to speak to you about? 
and that's when people just decide, you know what, I have it ruined life, I'm taking my life, or I'm going to go to a drug rehabilitation center and I'm going to change my life. So everything comes back to the very same verse in Deuteronomy, where, where the Lord says to you, um, I put before you life and death. But he advises and says, choose me life. Choose life. Do not choose death. Because death is the end. But life is the beginning of new things. Um, many a times we, we, you know, you go into so many, there's so many choices that you make that at the time it feels like the, the right thing to do. Like, um, for me growing up, I was not spoiled. Uh, we were only three children. And we had, we had enough. My mother took care of us. She was a single mom. She really took care of us. Um, but we were not the type of children that get the latest toys or the best of this, but my mother took care of us. We always had clothes, we always had food on our table, and she took real good care of us. And um, one thing I can say is we were never square, right? So some, like, some parents that grew up like myself, they probably never had nothing. Once they go into adulthood, they then spoil their children saying this, I never had it, so I won't give it to my children. I will make sure that they have more than enough. They will not go through what I went through. I did not have toys. I did not have the latest fashionable clothes. I could not go to varsity or college or do a degree. Or I could not do this, that, and the other. So whatever I could not have, I will give to my child. My mother used to wake me at 5 o'clock in the morning to make a fire because we used to have, uh, there was no electricity, so we had to make fire in the coal stove. It's, it's a stove where you make the fire inside and they cook on top of it. So we had to make fire in the coal stove. So 5 o'clock in the morning, we had to wake, wake up, make the fire to make sure that by the time everybody gets up and gets ready for school, there's warm water for everybody to wash and now to warm, especially during winter time. Um, and then I, as a parent, would now come and say, I would never do that to my child. I would get up 5 o'clock in the morning and I will make society because when I was a child, I did not like it when another people And that's where, where it comes in where we save the Lord and spoil the child. Now, this very same child that you, you're giving everything to that you never had becomes an adult. And this very same child then chooses a family and chooses uh, to get married and have a family and everything. So once life starts biting at them, once they start realizing, like, I need to get up at 5 o'clock to make the fire. I need to provide food on the table for my family. I need to touch the grass. I need to be in the pool. Once I realize these things need to be done, and they themselves have to do it, that's when their lives turn upside down. They can't handle it. They can't cope with the situation. Because where I come from, in my mother's house, I never used to look a finger. I didn't do the dishes. I didn't do any cleaning up. And now I'm here with this wife, and she's expecting me to help her with the dishes and to clean again. But I never did these things where I come from. And um, I'll pray somebody to do it, but then the funds run low, and then 
eventually you have to do it yourself and then it causes so much conflict in the family that the wife becomes unhappy and that's why today we submit a lot of divorces because we spoil, we say the rod and spoil the child and that was a choice we made. Obviously, grandma came and said you shouldn't spoil your child so much because this will have consequences but always we don't listen. We always do what we want to and only then once the, the child is spoiled then we will go break, then only we realize, OMG, I made the wrong choice. So, um, you know, God is good. God is great. God is awesome. God's word is a teaching, a training ground for all of us. All of us can just go into the word and we can find all the answers that we need in the word, right? Because if God is for us, who can be against us, right? Who can stand against us if he that is within us is greater than he that is in the world? We, we just need to tap into that and say, you know, the choices that I make, let me pray about these choices. Let me bring it before God. Let me ask God, this choice that I'm about to make, is it going to be a choice that's going to be viable? Is it going to be something? That's why sometimes, even the Bible speaks about being angry. Because when you're angry, you say things that you later regret. So, in your anger, rather be quiet. Don't say anything. Teach yourself. Train yourself. Make the choice to not say anything at the time. Because in Peter, he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom to devour. Everything that you do, the enemy is waiting for you. He's readily waiting for you to make the wrong choices. He will convince you, just like he convinced you to take the info, take the bite of it. He will convince you that the choice you are making is the wrong, right choice. Even though you know in the back of your mind it's the wrong choice. So, there is a way out. Jesus says, choose life. Choose life. And when you choose life, you make the right decision. You choose the right decision. We are faced with many things, daily. Um, we are faced with having to choose to serve the Lord. When you're a Christian, you can't say, I, uh, I'm a Christian, I serve the Lord, when you have not taken the Lord on as your personal Lord and Savior. You have to take the decision say, Lord, you are my God. I acknowledge that Jesus has died on the cross. Jesus has died for my son and he has risen on the third day and ascended into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father, where he is interceding for me. I choose to be a servant of the Most High King. You have to take that decision and to make it work for you. It's a choice. God says, I put before you life and death. You choose. Choose life. He gives you the answer to the question. He says, don't choose death, choose life. Because he knows in there is life. So, whatever choices you make, um, life is the ultimate thing that you need to accomplish. You need to get life. Right? So, in everything that you do, in John, even, uh, the Lord speaks about um, the thief. The thief comes to steal, to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I, I, the Lord, have come to give life and to give it more abundantly. So that life that you're supposed to choose, you can have abundance of it. It can be more than enough. You can have life 
in life in abundance. As long as you follow Jesus, as long as you follow the Lord of the Lord, right? Um, in Joshua, they also speak, but it seems evil. If it seems evil for you to serve the Lord, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that you will serve, or on the other side of who is so on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Emirates who will make you well. But yes, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Me as the parent of this house, me and my house will serve the Lord. It's a decision I make, and unfortunately, my children are not happy about it. There's no option, there's no compromise where that is concerned. Because even if you do give them a compromise, the end of the day, they still need to choose life. Because if they choose death, they will surely die. And me as a parent, I'm not going to sit back and watch my children die and do nothing about it. Um, so, in everything, whatever you do, wherever you go, Deuteronomy 30 verse 19 says, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life. I bless the reading of the word, the Lord's word, and I pray that this word that went out today will be a blessing to whoever listens to it today and any other day. And if wherever it goes, then it reaches open ears, that it teaches every spirit, and that every person that listens to it will listen to it in the spirit. I thank you, my blessed brother, Emmanuel Bari. I thank you for the opportunity, and I thank you, and I pray the favor of the Lord that is upon you to increase. I pray the blessing of the Lord that get uh, riches and causes no sorrow to be upon you all the days of your life. And I thank you. Amen. Uh, so, woman of God, I want to ask you, are you finished with your uh, sermon? Yes, I am. I want to say I truly enjoyed that. And whenever you feel led about coming back on this show, you're always welcome to do so. No problem. I will let you know. So whenever you need a, uh, somebody to call in for you, I'll be more than um, willing to call in for you. Now, before we go, I am going to say a prayer. And I, and I do want to um, make sure that my listeners um, hear this loud and clear. We're having um, a GACAM virtual conference on May 28th. That's going to be on a Saturday at 2 o'clock, uh, from 2 o'clock to uh, 4 uh, American time. So by you being in South Africa, you're seven hours ahead of us. So I think that would be around 9 o'clock your time. Yes, more than the same time we're speaking now. Okay, so if you're interested, um, let me know if you want to be on that panel. Um, I'd be interested, yes. Oh, great, because see what's going to happen. I'm going to try to do a Facebook Live. So okay. that way, yeah, I'm going to do my best. To, that That's just how the Lord put placed on my heart. I, and um, I do these conferences uh, once a month. And I'm doing this in order to raise funds for our film project. So that's the whole purpose of me doing that. And um, the topic or the theme will be Gracam versus the black church. So I, 
Yes. Uh, say that again, please. You won't send me uh, share the details. Yes, I will share the details with you, and I'm. Sh uh, I want my uh, listeners to understand. That's what's you know. If they interested in, to be on the uh, panel too, uh, just send me a um a message to my Facebook inbox, and we'll go ahead and try to make that happen. But um, amen. But this this is the whole purpose of me doing this show. I'm not just doing this show just to sell my book just to sell my online um, items. I am, I do this show to interact with people that's on my friends list and people that's in my social groups. And I want us to understand that, um, especially in this organization, the grassroots community activist movement, we want to move from behind the computer because we're not scared of the devil. I'm not. Amen. Amen. And it's been, um, one of the God, I, I have to go there and tell you this, it's been 30 years I've been pushing my vision. Amen. And I don't have much support at all from no one here in my own city. God will open up he sure will. He, he sure will. Yeah. And woman of God, the reason why uh, I'm glad that, um, you know, we're talking to each other and all that stuff. But um, I want to bring my Christian business to South Africa. Because I don't want to sit up here and do this another 30 years behind a computer. I want to work with Africans that want more out of life. Yeah. Now, my thing is, before I cut, quote unquote, before I cut and run to Africa, I'm going to do my best to get this Christian business started here in the city of Chicago. Okay. Our mission is to help eradicate urban violence in Chicago through art, culture, commerce, and spiritual development. What make yeah. the, amen. What make this organization different than I would say these other um, organizations that's that's already out there is that this organization is personal. This organization yeah. is based on my experience. So um, I'm not gonna just sit up. I'm not trying to copycat other people's. Um, I would say the way they do their business. Um, mm -hmm. In this Christian business, I want to make sure that I connect with uh, our members. That's all. That's all. And we want to screen people. I don't want, um, I cannot have hardened criminals, active gang members, urban terrorists, pedophiles, rapists. I can't have those type of people in this Christian business that I'm trying to bring into existence. Uh, we want to raise the bar. We want to, we want to um, project the best of black culture. And we want to connect with our brothers and sisters that's on the continent so that way we can do quote-unquote international trade. I don't understand why black people here in my own city don't under, don't want to work with me in that uh, function. But, woman of God, Mark, mark my words. Once, this, once I start making money in this uh, Christian business, I guarantee you, everybody in Chicago will want to be a part of this. It's always like that. But what 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 what's gonna make it different from for me is that uh, this uh, I would say this I would say rejection. Um, I was being overlooked and all that unnecessary. You know, yes, being excluded and all that stuff. You know, that's a thorn in my flesh. Mm. That's a thorn. So yes, I am going to keep sharing my testimony when I, even when I come to Africa, all this unnecessary. 
lot of since 2001, over 4,000 people has been killed in Chicago alone. And the churches here, they are all of them all about themselves. Yeah. And that's how come God is calling me to create, start my own type of Christian business. But we want to go beyond the four walls of the church. We want to be able to, um, I would just say, promote um, black economic empowerment. Mm. Now, that's a big thing in South Africa. Eh? Uh, yep, yep. And, and woman of God, I do want to go there too. Other racial groups, they're welcome to join us, you know. I mean, you know, God made all of us. I'm going to treat everybody the same. But um, in this organization, we're not going to get colonized. This organization is about solving black issues first. Well, here in America, when we come to South Africa, it's about solving African issues. And at the grassroots level. Amen. And that's how come I want law-abiding citizens because I don't want... Anybody that's going to try to creep up in this organization and, you know, try to make it corrupt so that way they can shut it down. No. And as far as I'm concerned, God is telling me through this Christian business that this is going to be a new system. We want to promote, um, you know, a Christian um, or kingdom society. Yeah. It's hard to do it here in, in America because America is so corrupt. And it's a lot, like I say, it's a lot of um, our brothers and sisters you know, I mean, they are—they have be—they have became Americanized. So it's all about themselves. You know, I don't care about the group. You know, sort of speak. I'm just saying. So, but anyway, woman of God, that's how come I have to do this film because I have to because, like I say, the people don't want to read. So I was yeah. trying to generate. Yes, I was trying to generate capital through you know um, through my um, 